Hey. Welcome back, guys. We're late as always. Fuck the snow and cold weather. Yeah, I'm over it. I'm totally over it. I'm probably gonna die on my way home tonight, but. Well, let's hope not. <sighs> my car was barely chugging up a little hill without sliding. I, I slid in the Chick-fil-A parking lot just trying to get food. I could have died then. I think you would have been okay. Yeah, probably. That was dramatic. But anyways, guys, today we're going to be uh, talking about Jerry Brudos, aka the Shoe Fetish Slayer, um, who is an American serial killer and necrophile. So he likes hot bitches. Well, cold bitches in sexy kinky boots. Um, yeah. It's, <sighs> his, he didn't really think things out very well, if you ask me. But we'll get into that. Yeah, and if you recognize the name, it's a little throwback to our Halloween uh, celebration extravaganza month that we did. And we kind of covered him in our Silence of the Lambs episode. And he's also popular in some other pop culture stuff, which we can just go ahead and touch on for fun. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was in a, he was kind of covered in American Horror Story, was he not? Uh, no. So, he was portrayed by actor Happy Anderson in the Netflix original series Mindhunter. Season 1, episode 7 and 8. Seen Mindhunter, but I haven't really watched that episode. I only recently started watching that with the in-laws. Mm. <laughs> and then, like you said, he was <clears throat> also portrayed a bit in The Silence of the Lambs. Um, he was also brought up in the American extreme metal band Macrobay. Uh... They had a song about Brutos on their 2003 album, Murder Metal. Did you just say Macrobay? Yeah. Is it M-E-C-A-B-R-E? Yeah, what is it supposed to be? I'm pretty sure it's like Macabre or Macabre. Whatever. I don't really know how to pronounce it, but (coughs) I don't either. It's definitely not Macrobay. My apologies if you listen to it. Oh my god, I love that. But anyways, and... Good old J.K. Rowling has stated that the serial killer in her novel Troubled Blood was in part based on Brutus. Who is J.K. Rowling? Girl! Is that the Harry Potter person? Yes! Oh, I was going to say that, but... Wait, no. Ah? Twilight. Twilight. Do, 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 take a quick Google break. Do, 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 do. I think Harry Potter was Yeah, it's right. Harry Potter. Yeah, you said okay. Twilight. My bad. Troubled Blood, for some reason I went to Twilight. Uh, to be fair, I, I've never even read the Harry Potter books, so I've never, you know. I haven't either. I've only watched the movies. I've read a portion of the first one. I read it to a dog while I was dog-sitting. He was uh, very into it. Did he have a choice? <laughs> I mean, he just laid there and watched me like he was interested. So. Oh, well, there you go. Kept reading. I did voices. Ooh. 
Yeah. So anyways. We digress. Getting back on track. Yes. So his early life, he was born January 31st in 1939 in Webster, South Dakota as the younger of two sons. His mother had wanted a girl and was very displeased that she had another son instead and constantly subjected him to emotional and physical abuse. The family moved around a lot along the Pacific Northwest before settling in Salem, Oregon. Like, could you imagine being that upset if you had another son? Yeah, I mean, that that's honestly like what people would prefer to have nowadays so that they can carry on, you know, the family name, for instance. But my dad and my mom thought that I was going to be a boy. And they couldn't find out because I was really stubborn in the womb. And my mom had a C-section with me. And as she was like, going under. My dad was like, if it's a boy, we're going to name him Roma Jean Perry. And my mom was like, I will murder you if I wake up. And that is on a birth certificate. <laughs> so thank God I was a girl. I would have had a hideous name. <sighs> well. Terrible. So, ooh. Starting them young, um, by the age of five, Brutus had a fetish for women's shoes. After playing with stiletto-heeled shoes at a local junkyard, which, anyways, I'm not even going to get into that. That's just weird. Yeah, like, he, what five-year-old is in a junkyard well, I mean, by themselves? His mom didn't love him and, like, show him any attention, so I get it. I used to play in a culvert with salamanders <clears> and worms and stuff. So, well, I mean, I mean like, my parents loved me. They're like, don't let me make that impression that they didn't love me. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a little bit more normal than just be like, but that's my chilling at a junkyard finding stilettos. Yeah, so he was like working the runway um, with stilettos in a junkyard. He reportedly attempted to steal the shoes of his first grade teacher as well. Like, how are you going to do that? Miss Teacher, can I have your shoes? Grab them ankles, look at good as hell. Can you take them off? Anyways, Brutus also had a fetish for women's underwear and claimed that he would steal underwear from female neighbors as a child. And by the time he was a teenager, things escalated and he spent time in and out of psychotherapy and psychiatric hospitals. Which, I think it's a little weird. That you, I mean, like, maybe go into therapy to, like, a, you know, address a fetish. Especially since it's leading into, like, crumbs already where he's breaking in and, like, stealing neighbor ladies' underwear. Right. But, I mean, as far as just, like, in general it being a fetish for shoes and underwear, like, there's a lane for anything that you can imagine. Yeah, so, I mean, everybody has a fetish. Whether that's what you really consider it, a fetish or not. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to say, like, needing psychotherapy to fix such a thing, I mean, I don't know, maybe if you got so out of hand, like it did, like, stealing oh, yeah. underwear from... That's what I'm saying, like, he's, you know, he's committing, you know, committing crimes to obtain the thing that satisfies this need for him. So, I mean, there's where it becomes a problem, but, like, like I said, in general... There's guys that wear women's underwear because they want to be humiliated and they want to feel like a little sissy and they're here for it. And you know what? To all you uh, lacy panty wearing uh, lover boys, I support you. I am your ally. I'm here for you. 
Hashtag Me Too movement. <laughs> oh my god. So clearly the psychotherapy and psychiatric hospitals didn't help much because throughout his teenage years, Brutus began to stalk local women, knocking them down or choking them unconscious and fleeing with their shoes. At age 17, he abducted and beat a young woman, threatening to stab her if she did not follow his sexual demands. Shortly after being arrested for this, he was taken to a psychiatric ward of Oregon State Hospital for nine months. There, it was found Brutus's sexual fantasies revolved around his hatred towards his mother and women in general. Oh. So, he underwent a psychiatric evaluation and was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And despite being institutionalized, Brutus graduated from high school with his class in 1957. And shortly after graduation, he became an electronics technician. So, he did not let such a diagnosis stop him from graduating and becoming something. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's like early days schizophrenic diagnosis. Like, I'm sure he was getting, like, shock therapy and stuff, too. Probably. There wasn't much that I could find in regards to, like, what kind of therapy he underwent in those nine months. But I can't imagine they were very helpful. Yeah, because remember we had covered this in another episode and I can't remember exactly who it was, but we kind of talked about some of the treatment that um, they got and like the shock treatment was not of any hopes of healing them. It was just to like kind of make them more docile and like pretty much like a zombie. Yeah, easier to handle, Mm -hmm. which ugh. And the fact that they I mean, it makes sense that all of this stemmed from, you know, the hatred he held towards his mom because yeah, she didn't she love didn't him. Love him. But yeah, I don't think they started using meds until like mid nineteen sixties. But I mean, I could be wrong. Um, anywho, in nineteen sixty one, Brutus married a seventeen year old girl, Darcy, with a, with whom he would father two children, and they ended up settling in a Salem suburb. He asked his new bride to do housework naked, except for a pair of high heels while he took pictures, which... That's a thing. Yes. That is a total thing. Yes. Um, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I support you, Jerry Brudos. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, you know, <laughs> you, you know, to spice up your life, just to be like, why don't you do housework and just heels and let me take pictures of you? And I mean, you yeah, know. it's just like everything else. It's a spectrum. Sexuality is the same way. Um, so even though he's a horrible creature, like, yes, for well, sexual empowerment and freedom. <laughs> this is clearly not enough to satisfy his needs. Right. So it was about this time that he began complaining of of migraine headaches and blackouts. To relieve his symptoms, he would have bouts of night prowling rage, to steal shoes and lace undergarments. Like, I've never once, like, because I have chronic migraines, but I've never once been, like, so nauseous and sensitive to lights where I'm like, the only way I'm going to get rid of this is if I go steal some Birkenstocks or... Yeah, I definitely think thongs. he, he used that as an excuse rather than actually having... Oh, yeah. He just wanted to get out of the house because oh, yeah. Darcy just wasn't cutting it. Sorry, Darcy. <laughs> Brutus would experience a trans- transvestite period where he used female persona as a form of escape mechanism. 
and Brutus kept the shoes, underwear, and for a time, the bodies of his victims in a garage that he would not allow his wife to enter without first announcing her arrival on an intercom that he had set up. Which, okay. Time out. I don't know why I made that, like, walkie-talkie noise. Rabbit hole time. I mean, okay. So, it does make sense that he is into women's shoes, like, especially stilettos, heels, that kind of thing, and that he's into the underwear. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, also, the fact that transvestite was used, that's probably what everybody's like, eh, we don't like that word. Um, but it would make sense that he would want to kind of embody that. Right. He would want to feel the persona of a woman because as a woman, he could probably feel the care and love that he didn't get as a child from his own mom. Exactly. Because if he could be the little girl that mommy always wanted, maybe she would love him. Right. You know, and she would get some kind of acceptance uh, from her from that. Um, So, I mean, like, all of that, like, get that. But... The fact that Homie's got, like, an intercom system on his garage. It's clearly something he didn't want his wife to know about. I mean, obviously, you don't want your wife to know about bodies you're storing in a garage. But, I mean, it obviously sounds like he also did not want his wife to know that he was, you know, doing these things and dressing up as a Right. Woman. Because, you gotta think, this is... This is 1961. Yeah. Well, I say one-ish. It's somewhere. It's in the 60s. Yeah, like, no, no bride in the 60s wants to be like, Hi, my name is Darcy, and my husband goes out at night and dresses up like a woman. Yeah, like, that wasn't like, something normal for that time. Exactly, exactly. And, I mean, it sounds like everything he was doing was, like, taboo for, like, the 60s. Like, even, like, I'm sure, like, Darcy's girlfriends, if they knew she was cleaning house naked, like, they would all be blushing and, like, what the hell, Darcy? Hey, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, from <clears throat> from the way that's presented, that he has an intercom system, it sounds like he's, like, got this really good methodical plan. But he does not. Oh, my God, but it makes sense, though, because he was an electronics technician. You're right. So maybe, like, he didn't have to fork out a ton of money for the 60s to get one installed in his garage. He, he probably just did it up himself. God. Right? See, it sounds like a very methodical plan. Yeah, it sounds like he has it worked out. But it's not terrible. And oh, God. And here's where you're going to find out through his victims. Um, all of his victims were taken from 1968, 1969. So only within a year. Oh, wow. So he... Got it all in in one time. Yeah. So, the first victim is Linda Slauson. She was 19 years old, a door-to-door encyclopedia saleswoman who knocked on Brutus's door on January 26, 1968. Brutus lured her to the basement while his wife and children were in the house, knocked her out with a wooden plank, and strangled her. He dressed her in different female undergarments and shoes that he had stolen. He arranged her body in provocative poses and used a hacksaw to cut off her left foot, which he kept in a freezer and used to model his collection of high heel shoes. He then disposed of the body in the Willamette River. Okay, another T.O. here. Um, Number one, if you're a door-to-door salesman or sales lady, 
Uh, don't be going down in nobody's basement. Like, you should be going no further than, like... The living room. The, the front entrance and, like, living area of the home. Yeah. And, okay, Darcy, hashtag where you at, though. Yeah, how do you not hear um, someone, like, getting knocked out and strangled? I'm sure that she's trying to put up a fight. You know what I mean? And, I mean, and how are you okay with your husband just <clears throat> leading a 19-year-old girl to the basement? Yeah. And then... And how do you not, like, hear someone saw it off a foot? How do you not look in the freezer and uh, see a foot? Like, uh, like, like, why is your husband spending so much time? And the fact that he just kept the foot just so he could put it in shoes. Well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> don't, don't you get curious about why your husband's spending so much time at the garage? I mean, clearly not. That you can't enter without being like, boop, may I come in the garage? Like, you know what I mean? It's a little weird. Mr. Brutus, this is your wife, Darcy. I was just calling to let you know that dinner is ready. Ugh. So, then we go forward to Jan Susan Whitney, the girl with three first names. (laughs) (laughs) She was 23, and she was a motorist whose car broke down on Interstate 5 between Salem and Albany on November 26, 1968. Brutus offered to drive her to his home with the excuse of letting her call a tow truck there. While still in the car, he strangled her with a leather strap and raped her. He kept the body hanging from the pulley in his garage, oh god, for several days, during which he dressed, photographed, and had sex with her. This time, Brutus cut off one of her breasts and made a resin mold of it that he used as a paperweight. Afterwards, he tied the body to a piece of railroad iron and threw it in the Willamette River along with Slauson's foot, which had rotted. So, eh. Okay. He straight up got Jan Susan Whitney's titty as a paperweight, which is weird enough, but the fact that, y'all, he kept... He kept Linda's foot for 10 months. Yeah, but it also took him 10 months to find another victim. It, but he kept her foot for 10 months and didn't get rid of it. Right, because he until used it to he, model his collection. Huh. Until it rotted. Yeah. But, uh, and then he also kept, you know, I, I mean, I'm assuming Jan. he discarded the breast after he made the mold. Was, uh, I'm just assuming. Maybe I'm just, he put... The whole breast in the resin and just... Ooh. Yeah. I, mean, I guess it would be enclosed in resin so it couldn't, like... Right. Deteriorate because it's not... It doesn't have access to oxygen. Right. Or anything like that. Right. But but also just the fact that he he, he kept the body hanging from a pulley for, for days. Yeah. Yeah. He just got her, like... Yeah. All strung up. But once again, he disposed of the body... In the Willamette River. The same river. Yeah. Right. So I'm sure that's going to be his downfall. Yep. Homie didn't I'm think sure. this through. So their next victim is Karen Sprinker. She was 18 and abducted at gunpoint from a parking lot outside a department store on March 27, 1969. Brutus was dressed in women's clothing during this attack. He took her to his garage, made her try on his collection of undergarments and pose while he photographed her. He then raped her and strangled her by hanging her by her neck from a pulley. Oh my god. 
Brutus then had sex with the body on several occasions and cut off her breasts to make plastic molds. And afterwards, he tied the body to a six-cylinder car engine with nylon cord and threw it in the Willamette River. Okay, so again, cutting her titties off. Yep. And like, I wanna, I wanna know Oregon. Um, anybody, any listeners from the Oregon Salem area, Willamette River area? Like, how secluded is this river that he's just like tying bodies to railroad iron and a six-cylinder car engine and throwing them in the river, like? Let me know. Our email is twojanedoes at yahoo.com. Facebook, twojanedoes. Send us a message. Let us know. Because I'm curious. But my thing is, like, <laughs> why? I mean, I get it. All right, so let's say that the river was very convenient. But, but why wouldn't you try to dispose of the bodies in a different way? Because, I mean, clearly you can't. You can see that this is going to be your downfall. You keep putting dead bodies in a river. Yeah, it's all the same place. Something's got to give at some point. And they all have similar, you know... They all have... Yeah. Rape, being strangled, being knocked out. I mean, especially Karen and um, the last victim, Jan. They both had breast mutilation and, like, cut off. Um, The foot being sawed off. The foot just being gone. I just... So, the next few are kind of, like, shorter, like, little victim descriptions. So, first is Sharon Wood. She's 24. She, um, blah, 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 blah. Sharon Wood, 24. Brutus attempted to abduct her at gunpoint from the basement floor of a parking garage in Portland on April 21st, 1969. So, I'm assuming by the keywords of attempted, she did escape. Yep. Um, same with Gloria Jean Smith, who was 15. He attempted to abduct her on April 22nd, 1969. She got away. And then... And those were just days apart, too. Yeah, just days. And One it's day. like time in between these. So we went like from 10 months in between the Four months. To a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, and Linda Saley, she was 22. He abducted her from a shopping mall parking lot. And this was April 23rd, 1969. So Sharon Wood, April 21st. Gloria Jean Smith, April 22nd, and Linda Saley, uh, April 23rd. Um, Brutus ended up bringing Linda to his garage where he raped and strangled her and played with her corpse. Now, whether that's shoots and ladders, I don't know. <laughs> I it not. just says he played with her. Yeah, and I'm, I'm assuming it's along the lines of taking photographs, oh, posing her. And yeah, stuff. probably. Probably something to feed in sick <clears throat> fantasies. Um, he decided to not cut her breasts off because they were, quote, too pink. And instead, he applied an electrical current to the body in an attempt to make it jump. Uh, quote, jump. Um, this obviously failed because she's dead. Um, Afterwards, he tied the body to a car transmission with a nylon cord and threw it in the Willamette River. Once so again, the river, the, the river, another another cord. car part. Uh, yeah, it's another vehicle part with this one. Um, the only thing he didn't do was like cut off her breast because thank God they were too pink. Um, but I mean, like, what? I don't understand the what. And, and like, he was clearly like needing somebody to do this to because he went. 
one day and the person escaped. The next yeah. day the person escaped until he finally got what he was looking for. And it seems like it's escalated too because, you know, Linda Slauson, he didn't rape her. And he didn't have sex with her. Um, he just strangled her, posed her, took pictures, cut her foot off and kept it. Yep. Um, Jan Whitney, he did rape her. He escalated there. Um, and again, that was a period of 10 months. He did rape her. And he did have sex with her corpse. Uh-huh. And then Karen, he raped her and, and had sex, sex with her body and after she was breasts. dead. Cut off her breast. And then the next two, Sharon and Gloria, get away. And then uh, Linda, again, was raped. And then he... Attempted to electrocute her body. Yeah. Just... I guess he wanted to see her two pink breasts just jiggle i don't know i don't this is just bizarre i don't know so yeah take that and do whatever you want with that information maybe if you're going to be a serial killer don't choose the same place to dump a body yeah not the best not the best thing um and you know something else i couldn't find was anything like regarding descriptions of these women like, were they all very oh, similar? Oh, like, did they fit, like, a certain, like, M.O.? Like, right. Like, like Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. Or he like, had dark hair. Um, yeah, that's wild. Like, and... Or, you know, like, Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer was, for the most part, it was young gay men, but Jeffrey Dahmer primarily murdered young gay African-American men. So, like, that would be his M.O., but, yeah, we don't... Because, like... We don't have that much information on him. I mean, The only thing we have is ages, and that was from 15 to 24. That's crazy. But, I mean, like, it could be that all these women look very similar to his mom. Mm Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, since there's such an age gap between all of them, because it seems like Gloria Jean was the youngest one. She was 15, mm-hmm. and then the oldest was, what, 24? Four. Sharon Wood. So, I mean... They it were, could very much well be just convenience. It, wrong place, wrong time. Wrong place, wrong time. And, I mean, the only real solid thing you got is it is women, because he yeah. hates women. Yep. I.e., he wants to be a woman. He, he just has all this inner turmoil and conflict that he just... He was supposed to be a girl, so his mom would love him. Yeah, he just doesn't know what to do. I bet he tucked it like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Well? Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Maybe. Anyway, But this is what he would do. Brutus would dress up in high heels and masturbate after committing a murder. Which he, listen, which, kudos Brutus because... Well, like, thinking about it, if you think about Buffalo Bill from the Silence of the Lambs. I he, mean, yeah, he yeah. He dress up, like, bad after... Yeah, and I mean, like, that was the character in Silence of the Lambs that they drew. You know, they kind of, like, that's who Brutus, you know, they kind of used him to play on the Buffalo Bill in the movie. But, I mean, like... Yeah, kudos Brutus. He's got all the stamina in, in the entire world. Yeah. Like, aside from murder, like, men get on his level. Hashtag where you at. <laughs> so anyways, 
In May of 1969, a fisherman found the bodies of Saley and Sprinker in the Long Tom River. Of Police asked students at a nearby university campus about suspicious men, and one led them to Brudos, who had phoned her several times to ask her for a date. So... Now oh, he has... He's you know, stepping he's, out on Darcy. Right. Or at least to get a victim anyway. Mm-hmm. So, Brutus gave police a false address, which increased their suspicions. Yeah, smart. And at his garage, the police found copper wire that was determined to have been cut with the same tool that cut the cords used to tie the bodies. And Brutus was arrested, and he made a full confession. Which, you know what? Good on these cops. This is 1969. And if you look from, like, 1969 to current, we have come a long way in a lot of, like, uh, aspects with DNA, fingerprints, evidence, stuff like that. But, like, 69 was probably, like, super early, like, baby stages of any type of forensic evidence. So, the fact that they, you know, even if they just had a hunch that was like, yeah, it very well could have been that tool that cut this wire. And it doesn't help that um, because they, they got him. You know that he gave them a false address because then that's just like exactly. Hmm. He's just trying to like, you know, put him in the wrong direction so he can empty his garage of any body parts and bodies that might still be there. Um, ugh. So on June twenty eighth, nineteen sixty nine, Brutus pled guilty to three first degree murders for Sprinker, Whitney, and Saley, and was sentenced to three consecutive terms of life imprisonment in Oregon State Penitentiary. Though he confessed to Slauson's murder, Brutus was neither tried nor convicted for it because he did not make and keep photographs of the body, unlike in the other cases, but only of her foot. Whitney's body was found a month after Brutus' conviction, about a mile downstream where he said he had thrown it. Okay, that makes zero sense why they didn't charge him for Slauson if he's going to own up to it. That and the fact that he cut her foot off. I mean, yeah. Like, how are pictures... Like, more of a crime than sawing a foot off and keeping it. Exactly. Well, I mean, they they can tack on charges. Like, I've seen it, obviously, like, not in the 60s. But, I mean, like, they do um, tack on additional charges for, like, I can't think of the term on, on top of my head. But it's, like, indecent doings to, a, to human remains or something right. like that. They'll tack that on. But, I mean, I'm sure in the 60s that wasn't a thing. But no, they was just like, nah, you good on this one, bro. But they were like, yeah, we're just going to get you for Sprinkler, Whitney, and Saley, but Slauson, you said you did it, but you didn't take pictures, so... Eh, you're good. It didn't happen. Yeah. Which, let's just say, they obviously, all of their bodies obviously drifted because they were dumped in the Willamette, but found in Long Tom. Yep. So, if he was that close, um, like a mile off where he said he threw it from... Or threw her body in the, the water. Like, yeah, I would have charged him for that. But, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's neither here nor there. He's going to die in prison because he got three terms. Yeah. So, what's so. one more going to help her? I mean, do, but yeah. I love when they do that. Oh, my God. I love when a judge is like, I'm going to sentence you to life plus 40 years. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool dog, cool. So, while incarcerated, Brutus had piles of women's shoe catalogs in his cell. He wrote to major companies requesting them and claimed they were his substitute for pornography. 
He lodged countless appeals, including one in which he alleged that a photograph taken of him with one of his victim's corpses could not prove his guilt because it was not the body of a person he was convicted of killing. So he was really... Probably Slauson. (laughs) Probably. Oh, wait, no, he only had her foot. Yeah, her foot. He didn't take pictures. But, I mean, he was really, really stretching that one. And in 1995, the parole board told Brutus that he would never be released. Brutus died in prison on March 28, 2006 from liver... Jesus. From liver cancer. (laughs) I cannot say that. to get... <laughs> Brutus died in prison on March 28, 2006, from cancer of the liver. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Jesus. At the time of his death, he was the longest incarcerated inmate in the Oregon Department of Corrections, a total of 37 years from 1969 to 2006. Wow. He was the longest incarcerated inmate at the Oregon Department of Corrections. And he was only in there for 37 years. Yep, before his body crapped out on him. Of liver cancer. Lord. (laughs) What the freak? So, yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't even know why he even tried to say that, like... Basically, like, yeah, that's not me in that picture. I mean, I don't even think that he was trying to say it wasn't him in the picture. He was just saying, yeah, that's me in that picture with that dead body, but it's not somebody that I killed. Because everybody just so casually takes selfies with corpses. Like, I get uncomfortable at funerals, homie. Like, open casket, count me out. Yeah, I know what you mean. See you later, uh, Aunt Margie. (laughs) I had to think of somebody who's, like, a name that I don't know because I don't want to wish that on anybody. But But I mean, like... That makes no sense. No, it doesn't. I don't even know why he tried. I mean, yeah. you have life. Yeah, I want three, to even, three lives. In yeah, three lives. <laughs> you get three lives. Let's see it. Um, yeah, like I said, that just makes no sense. Um, so, guys, the takeaway for this episode is if you want to wear lacy, frilly underwear and some patent leather kinky boots, you do you. You pose in front of that mirror, you make yourself feel like the sexiest person on the face of the earth, and I'm here for you. I'm here for that. Work that shit. But please don't kill people. Yeah, don't be like killing people just for like titty paperweights and shoes and severed feet to model your shoes. Please don't. (laughs) Just... Just feel good. Be happy with yourself. Feel sexy. Yeah. And also, if you're out here peddling Avon, Mary Kay, whatever these kids are selling these days. Don't go to people's basements. Don't. If somebody says, come down to my basement. No. uh Uh-uh. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because you can very well end up a titty paperweight. Stay safe. Don't die. Bye. See you next time.